Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 53, as Andy and I are recording this podcast, podcast, whatever you want to call it, uh, live uh, during the uh, Philadelphia Flyer game. So, um, you know, as we watch and something happens, we may interject and uh, give our analysis. But other than that, we are going to let it ride. It was a good first period. Uh, The boys are up uh, one nothing, I believe. Uh, Tough uh, power play there. Two man advantage, kind of a failure. But uh, nonetheless, we have the lead after one on the road and things are, I think, okay right now. Andy, I got to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Yeah, you're pretty much spot on. Looks like two teams that both played last night and are both kind of sluggish, but, you know, nothing really to write home about. The Flyers got embarrassed uh, last night by the Capitals, so they were came out with a little bit more um, early. But then, yeah, like I said, they, they were making, you know, dumb turnovers all night, um, or all period, I should say, and the Rangers kind of took some momentum up, although they didn't score on the, the two-man advantage, but Kreider getting sent to the... Uh, the box for uh i guess i don't know getting getting into it behind the net with uh scott lawton kind of hold on all right gibby is blowing us <laughs> up while we're trying to record a podcast gibby and sorry i have it uh, silenced on my phone but now my iMessage on my laptop is going off but anyway so yeah i mean it, it still looks like the rangers are the better team even you know sitting some people um schneider went to the locker room but it looks like it was he got hit in the chin so yeah. you imagine he's just getting stitches or repairs or something you know what i mean Hopefully it's nothing serious, but uh, Lafreniere was a scratch tonight, um, probably to rest him because this is the longest season you know played in the season early. So, and uh, yeah, Capocacco gets the goal, which is which is nice to see. So hopefully that he starts building, uh, getting back up to speed here because you know obviously it, it looks like it. You know he wasn't bad the last two games, but he clearly just wasn't up to speed with the rest of the team. But hopefully he's getting into the flow of it, and he's a Capo has been a flyer killer for a while now here. Him and Zabanajad are the two, you know so. Um, yeah, good game. Hopefully he can continue to assert himself. And obviously it's nice to have Heedle back. You see that speed and hence that line is in the offensive zone more because he can actually gain the zone. So there you go. Yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, it is what it is right now with the New York Rangers. Uh, I think there was a lot of, uh, I think there was a big letdown right after the Carolina hurricane game. Obviously we lost four to two. 
you know, the hopes and dreams, just given the amount of games left in the season, it just like, all right, it's kind of took the the wind out of the, of the sails here for the Rangers, hopefully getting a, um, you know, a run here at the division uh, Metro, but it doesn't look like that's probably going to be the case. We are four points back and we only have eight games left. And just with Carolina's winning percentage, just doesn't seem likely that we're going to be able to leapfrog them. But hey, you never know. Uh, honestly, I thought that game was a little bit more even than some people made it out. And uh, Andy, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but I thought the Rangers played fairly well. I mean, listen, we all know what the Hurricanes are capable of doing. We all know that it's not the greatest matchup for the New York Rangers, but given the circumstances and, and given what uh, you know, Carolina was able to throw at us. I, I thought we weathered the storm pretty well. And, you know, if we just convert on one of our power plays and just get another goal there, uh, you know, they did score the empty netter. So you're looking at a 3-2 game. And if we can just get the edge or just get one, uh, you know, one of the four power plays converted, uh, you're looking at a completely different game. And, you know, I thought Keandre Miller had an unbelievable game. Uh, I, I thought, you know, the Rangers did a pretty good job going toe to toe with one of the best teams in the league and certainly a favorite to win the East. So, you know, Andy, I, you know, I want to get your take on, on what you thought of the game. Yeah. I, so I, I had band practice last night, but I did get to watch the first period. And then uh, after uh, later, I got to watch, rewatch some highlights and just uh, snippets of play from, and, you know, notable plays. So yeah. It, and again, it seems to me like the Rangers were the better team in the first. Uh, they were good until halfway into the second and then they started making some mistakes and they let uh the flyers kind of up excuse me the canes up their game they didn't really match and then the third was kind of a mixed bag and you know i heard i mean all in all it was really a one goal game um with Kreider, you know just getting uh the second goal at the end and then obviously just scoring with the, you know on the empty net doesn't you know so it's really a one goal game if you look at it i mean uh andrew cop kind of whiffed on a wide open net you know, Strom, same thing, and also took a dumb penalty in the offensive zone on a power play. <laughs> so if they scored on that, it could have been a different story. You know what I mean? And listen, Igor kind of wasn't as, he was, he was fine, but you know, he, uh, to, you could argue that maybe the last two goals were a little soft. Um, but you know, I don't know. It is what it is. It was clearly a much better effort and a much more consistent effort than it was the last time. They just didn't match, you know, and I thought definitely the, the, just the way they, uh, the Canes have, who have been, you know, they've been, the Canes have been this structured regimented for seasons now, where this is the Rangers first kind of time playing like playoff style up, you know, up tempo organized hockey. And I think it just showed they just didn't, the Canes were, uh, they just knew what to do and they just, they got it done. So, but you know, it's, it's a, it's definitely the worst matchup for the Rangers should they meet in the playoffs. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It was one of those things where I feel like if that game was played a couple of times, the Rangers would come through a couple. And I think, you know, it, it just was what it was. So I wasn't too disappointed. And it wasn't. And I think Galant summed it up uh, pretty perfectly. He said, eh, it's not the end of the world, you know. I, I, yeah, I mean, you're going to listen, you're going to lose some games. And this is what I was talking about. You know, uh, you know, I'm very big on the sky is falling. And I will certainly preach that when I feel like it's needed. But this is one of those losses where you didn't feel like shit afterwards. It's not like, you know, I, I thought the Islander lost the three nothing at the beginning of the month was ten times worse than this loss. I mean, you're talking about getting run out of the building. The Rangers were in this game. They just 
lost. It was a coin flip, to be honest with you. And, you know, I, I really, I don't know. I, I really feel like the Rangers should not have felt like shit after that loss. And Ranger fans shouldn't, you know, feel that way either. And, you know, here I am at, you know, the middle of April, and we only have a handful of games left, and we're going into the playoffs, and I feel good after a loss. Like, it's one of those losses where you're almost like, all right, let's get that out of our system, and on to the next one. I think that loss to the Hurricanes is, I'm reserved to hold my emotions. You know, right now, we have a one nothing lead against Philly. If we come out and beat Philly, you know, 3-1, you know, you got to feel good as a Ranger fan. You know, they bounce back after a tough, emotional, you know, night at the Garden where they fall to one of the best teams in the league, a team that they know that they could end up playing in the uh, in the playoffs, you know, uh, probably not the first round, but more likely a second round. So, you know, it, there's a lot of emotion. We have a younger team. We have a newer team. You just, you know, you, you saw a New York Rangers team lose to a better team in a game where they were certainly in it. And, you know, you can... If you want to be frustrated, be frustrated. Say, ah, oh, we were right there. We we had them. If we just converted on our power player, missed the you know board on the empty net uh, instead of that we missed. And it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you know there's different grades to a loss, and that one certainly wasn't a stinger. It was we lost to a better team on that particular night. And if that's the effort that the Rangers are going to give then that's perfectly fine with me. I mean, it, it is what it is, Andy. There's nothing you can do. You just got to shake those off and, and respond yeah. the next night. I mean, I think the takeaway from that game, and I'm sure the first thing we'll talk about is Chris Kreider uh, finally hitting 50 goals. But yes. before we talk about that, I guess we, we should talk about uh, Keandre was balling last night. Some of the things he was doing, he was in the third period, he was like the only Ranger worth a damn. And, uh, you know, undressing, one of the best defensive uh, defensemen in the league in Slavin on that move just shows you it, that's a that's a glimmer of what he can be at the peak of his powers. And it's oh, man, it's just he just continues to to surprise and, and get better and better. So and when he's feeling it, he's uh, he's uh, everywhere. He's all over the ice. He breaks up plays with his uh, with a great stick and his wingspan. And then he's going the other way and he's deking through guys and at speed. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, especially because Fox has been in a real funk lately and it looks like it's continued tonight in this Flyers game. So, you know, I assume he's going to get sat here in the next couple of games just to get some rest because he might have a lingering issue or just as tired or fatigue or just kind of in the, the doldrum waiting, saving it for the playoffs. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not the worst thing to get Keandre some more minutes here, you know, as long as his. uh you know, he's his he's he's arrested and he's ready to go. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, yeah, he was awesome last night. Yeah. And even if you watch that uh, first goal where he had a nice pass from Zibanejad and he buried it. I mean, that was just patience on both ends. Uh, you know, yeah, I think he make, I think he starts it with the, the play to break it up in the Rangers end before they go the other way. Too. Yes. And yeah. And not only does he start it and he obviously finishes it and. You know, that takes patience, too, and, and timing, and he could have gotten ahead of himself and rushed to, the, you know, the back door and then, you know, kind of did a ring turn if, you know, the, the play wasn't there immediately, which it wasn't. And Zibanejad had to, you know, kind of position himself and make a move in order to dish the puck over to Keandre, and Keandre kind of read that. And, you know, that's a, certainly a sign of maturity, and, and for a defenseman, a young defenseman, to kind of pick that offensive, you know, uh, I shouldn't say intuition up, is 
you know, obviously a good sign. And, you know, it's a great thing that we're talking about now. Miller, two podcasts in a row because his play has been that good. Um, you know, Andy, another player. I want, listen, I didn't spring up the Kreider 50th goal right off the bat because it would have hijacked everything. Yeah. With me and Kreider, it kind of deserves its own segment. So <laughs> we're going to talk about one more player first sure. before we get into Kreider. Uh, Frank Vitrano, I thought he had a, a really good game. Uh, they were gushing over his speed. You know, I just thought he's one of those guys that, you know, you kind of need. And he is probably the best pickup. I honestly think he's almost better than Cop in terms of what he brings to this team as a, as a pickup at the trade deadline. Because only, only because he just delivers everything that the Rangers desperately needed in shooting the puck, shooting from everywhere. Uh, he's got some foot speed. Uh, he's not afraid to mix it up. He kind of does, you know, a little bit of everything. And it sucks because the more Frank Petrano plays well, the more I realize that the Rangers are probably not going to be able to keep him. So I just want your thoughts on on Petrano. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that back check uh, on the, the two-on-one was awesome. And just, uh, yeah, he, like I, I've said it before in this podcast, he is exactly what this team has been, uh, exactly what the doctor ordered. Someone who actually shoots the puck and plays, you know, and is a threat to shoot. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is clearly a player that just kind of shows you how deep Florida is that they're, they're like, you know, this, yeah. this is the guy that they're like, ah, we don't have room for him in our lineup. But like, how is he not playing top six? Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny because it's like um, sometimes all it takes is a change of scenery. I mean, and, you know, obviously Andrew Kopp was good for Winnipeg, but you know, right now Rangers fans are like, this guy is clearly like a number two center or something or. <laughs> Hey, we traded Morgan Barron to Winnipeg and his first game with them, he's got a goal and assist and he looks like a world beater. So I don't know, man. It just it's just kind of funny how hockey works out sometimes. And I just think um, I mean, it helps, you know, I, I know apparent from talking to uh, Panthers fans that or people that watch the Panthers a lot, they just say that, you know, they tried him with Barkov a lot and it just never really worked for some reason and that sometimes it's weird you think like oh we'll put this with you know i think it could be you know the crosby type thing where it's like it's just some players pure snipers don't really work with them you know which is weird it's just he just needs a certain i don't know sometimes just players need mesh well with other players and it just it looks like he meshes really well with uh Kreider and Zibanejad. I mean, that's a line that likes to cycle a lot, especially Kreider because he's so big and he can do it. And since Vitrano can match their speed because they like to play off the rush because, you know, Kreider and Mika both have wheels that he can actually, he can keep up with them. And if anything, he can, you know, when him and Kreider are both at a breakneck speed, like no matter what your defenseman, you immediately get on your heels and you kind of give them the space because you're so afraid you're going to get if the puck gets behind you you're going to get left in the dust and when you have two guys coming down streaking down the wings and Zibanejad carrying it up the middle you're going to concede the blue line because you're if you get walked you're in trouble you know what I mean so that's what uh you know Vitrano brings to you know this team also I, I love that as we were praising Miller you know we put the mush on him and he, and he horse collars I think Hayes and now the Rangers are on the uh the penalty kill but um but yeah no he's Vitrano it's a shame, I because re- obviously you hope that they can make the money work somehow, but you just I don't I don't know, man. But uh, I'm glad we have him right now, and we're going to need him for the playoffs. That's for sure. Oh, that's um, definitely for sure. Hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook. 
the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so let's get into Chris Kreider. It, it just, uh, what a wild ride it's been being a Chris Kreider hater, uh, fan, uh, just someone who expects the best out of Chris Kreider because you hear just how talented he is and how much he means to the New York Rangers. And without him, we'd be lost. And he's just the greatest thing to ever happen. Now, listen. 50 goals is a hell of an achievement, especially with the New York Rangers. I want him to break the record. I, I, I'm so happy he's having the season that he's having. And I'm so glad that he shoves it right into my face. Because, you know, Andy, as you know, especially, I have been one of the biggest Chris Kreider haters maybe out there. I mean, even, even on Twitter, there's no one I don't think that hates him more than I do uh, or I did. And it was just because this is what I always wanted out of Chris Kreider. There was no reason why he didn't do this a few seasons ago before his you know, big contract. There was just no reason for it. Uh, he was a big body. He had speed. It's not like all of a sudden he learned how to stick handle. That's not his game. That's not you know, what his strength is. You know, He plants himself right in front of the net. He's great at deflecting shots. He's great at reading where rebounds are going. And he can finish. He can flat out finish. So this is what I've always wanted out of Chris Kreider. And I am glad that this is the season that he's finally decided to step up because it justifies his contract. It you know justifies him uh, being here and not being sold for a second round pick to the Bruins, which was, the, I think, the last rumor that we pretty much heard uh, before we realized that the Rangers were not going to trade Kreider. So, you know, all in all, I, you know, what a ride it's been this season. And just the icing on top is certainly a player like Chris Kreider, who's homegrown, score 50 goals as a New York Ranger is just, it's unbelievable. And it's special and people should enjoy it because it certainly does not happen often, as you and I both know. Yeah, I mean, again, it's obviously, uh, if you had told me, I don't know, even three seasons ago, that Kreider will become a 50-goal scorer. And his numbers, his goal numbers have seemed to have been trending up uh, for the last few seasons here. It's just we had some weird seasons between COVID, and it looks like he was always on pace for, roughly on pace for a 30-goal season, just whatever, just lost too many man games, injury, broke a leg, or um, or he had the rib thing for, you know, it's just, and him and obviously Zabanja have excellent chemistry. And, I mean, just on this, this uh, failed five-on-three, you can uh, that the Rangers had in the first period against the Flyers game that's on right now. You could see once they took him away, uh, yeah, and the goalie was just clear sighted the whole time. It kind of it, it affected them. You know what I mean? It's just uh, 
it's yeah. I mean, it, it just they just didn't look as confident because when you take you know a guy like him who's taking away the goalie's eyes. But you know, I think the most as obviously that's always very impressive because it is a skill. But I mean, just his ability. You know, I think the one thing he's really picked up because he's always had a really hard wrist shot, and we've seen him in past seasons kind of score with lasers off the rush. But I just not with the amount of you know he's added the one timer to his arsenal. You've seen him score you know off of his knees a few times. Um, just, you know, a cross, quick cross crease slot. He's definitely just not thinking and shooting it more. And, and uh, what's Chris's cr- uh, problem been all these years? He over, he, he would overthink everything, but I mean, he's by all, by all accounts, he's a smart guy and he, he obviously is passionate about sports psychology and, and making his game better. Um, but yeah, you just see the way how he doesn't pat his board work now because he's so strong. He doesn't really panic and he lets his, he kind of, uh, he plants himself and he, he just kind of, yeah, he just sticks his butt out and he just kind of, even on breakouts, just kind of, he'll almost like let guys hit him first before he breaks the puck out in his own end, which, cause he's so confident and then they come to him and it kind of opens a lane. So it's just, he's so just poised and confident on, you know, just as a first line player and just the way he can possess the puck is, uh, and protect the puck is definitely, you know, against top lines has been impressive. I think, you know, that, that doesn't really get, that kind of gets lost in, the 50 goal season. But um, yeah, it's just, he's confident in his wrist shot. He's confident in his, uh, his timing to screen goalies. He's confident in his uh, ability to shield pucks and just win his battles. And he's just done it all year. So yeah, kudos to him. And it feels good as a homegrown Ranger. Cause obviously the Rangers have had, you know, some, you know, they've had, some, you know, I mean, obviously they not like some other teams, there's some other teams that you look at the amount of 50 goal scores they have in their history. And it's crazy, but, you know, just for a guy who is drafted by this team, which a team that has, uh, at, you know, consistently had a hard time drafting and developing elite talent, you know, just to have Kreider in that conversation is uh, is awesome. And you know what? He's he clearly cares and he's he's a who knows if he'll be a career ranger. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just I yeah, I it's it's, I, it's again, I'm kind of befuddled just that we're even in this situation. But, you know, good for Chris. Uh, and he, but I, th- you know, it's funny. I thought he's like, you know, and I'm so I'm actually just happy it's over because, you know, I, I think it was definitely, I don't want to say weighing on him, but it was a thing. They were like, will he get there? And now he can kind of just play even more freer than before. You know what I mean? Because no matter what, if you're never, if you've, if you've never even flared with 30 goals and you're about to score 50 goals, I'm sure it can like affect things, you know? Of course. And then you have like players like Zibanejad basically saying that, oh, I'm just going to keep beating the puck until he gets it. And it's like, you don't want to force things. And, you know, certainly when he hit, you know, 48, 49 with the amount of games left, you kind of figured it was coming just that, uh, you know, considering the opportunities that it gets on the power play and such, uh, you know, now I don't know if the, if I don't know, I don't, I haven't heard a lot of talks about him like breaking the record. It's like mentioned, but it's not like a thing, you know, 50 was like the thing. Can he get 50? Can he get 50? Uh, I haven't really heard much about him, you know, possibly getting the record. Uh, you know, obviously he would have to, you know, pass Graves and then Yager, uh, Vic Patfield, I think had, uh, did he have, he had 50, 50 on a dot. I think it was 50, 52. I don't know. But anyway, it, it's, it's just one of those things where y- you look at his career and there ha- haven't been this many polarizing players in terms of, you know, either you hate them or you love them. And it's one of those things where all the, you know, lovers are finally like, 
I see, I told you so. But all the haters are like, yeah, but this is what we wanted the entire time. And, you know, talk about just the polarizing Ranger and a, a guy that has stuck around, clearly wanted to be here long term, uh, has aspirations of, you know, being a leader of this team, most tenured Ranger, which is crazy, it's still crazy to think about. And, you know, just given the season right now, his ability to lead us into a playoff uh, after a few seasons where, you know, we kind of not so much underachieved, but. Achieved. Oh, baby. Capo oh. Caco, second of the night off of a beautiful pass from Heedle. Sorry. Um, I, that was no. very passionate feet, but it was just a beautiful feed. And Capo's got two goals. So sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm like minutes behind you, clearly. <laughs> oh, so, shit. Uh, sorry. Yeah. But, no, um, but, you know, I was just, you know, rambling yeah. about Chris Kreider. And, <laughs> and well, and, and my, uh, to sum it up, you know, my hatred for him was. The same with me wanting to trade Hank. It was never, uh, you know, ill will towards them individually. It was just like frustrating to watch them underachieve here. And, you know, you know, I wanted Lundqvist gone because I was like, he's masking all our problems. He's never going to win here because he, he's literally the problem because no one realized that we have a problem and he was that good. And, you know, the same thing kind of with Ryder. It's like, yeah, I, I see what you guys are talking about, but he disappears, you know, 15 games at a clip. And, you know, he, he should be one of those guys that, you know, finally, uh, you know, uh, just breaks out and he just hasn't. And then finally this year, he does, Andy. Um, my question to you, Andy, and I know we might get a little ahead of ourselves, but uh, I want to hear your thoughts. You score 50 goals. What can we expect from Kreider over the next couple of seasons? Like 50 is a lot to repeat yeah, it. No, I, he's I, not that type of player. It's not like Ovechkin here where you know he's going to be hovering around 50 every season. No. I, I mean, I don't know. The only thing about Kreider, though, is that he is a physical freak. He, he'll never, I don't know if he'll ever score 50 again. But, I mean, I think he's a 30-goal scorer, at least unless we see some real age-related decline. I just think the skill he has and how... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just Taco I think just scored for me, by the way. <laughs> I just think the way, especially you know, one of the best things I think with Chris is that they've really uh, cracked down on cross checking. So now he can stand there, and it's not even about just taking punishment. It's just guys can't clear like they can't use too much force to clear you, or, or else they take a dumb penalty by cross checking you in the back. You know what I mean? Which it used to kind of be that like right before a shot was going to take in almost like give a guy a shiver in the back and you kind of fall forward or for or get him off his balance or whatever. And you can't really do that to him. So I think it's really going to it benefits him. And uh, hence, it's it really worked for him this season. So, yeah, not that he ever does this again, but or who knows, maybe he turns back into the overthinking it mental rider. But the thing is, just the way he's playing right now, even if he plays like this and he only scores 28 to 30 goals, I mean, he's still yeah, he still generates for this team. So I'd be happy with him. If he's a 30 goal scorer for the, at least the next couple of seasons, who knows? I, I, you know, I hope obviously he's got great genetics. You, as you can tell, he's a freak athlete. Uh, he's still fast as heck, even though he's 30. So hopefully, yeah, let's hope, hopefully he doesn't slow down, you know? Um, and he's also one of those guys that, and you kind of mentioned this before, but he really, you know, takes care of his bodies about, you know, nutrition and, and, you know, train, he's constantly training and, you know, he's just very intense in, you know, his preparation. So uh, the longevity of the contract was one of those things. I never had a problem with it. In fact, it's, it's probably the, the, one of the more perfect contracts, giving 
what it'll cost to keep him and knowing that he's not going to really, you know, fall off in terms of the, his physical game. Uh, again, I, I, you know, he is fast, but speed's really not why he is, is why he's successful. He's successful because he's really strong and he's able to, you know, he's really good at reading play, especially in front of the net. And if you watch him, like you said, he's willing to take the hit uh, and, and chip the puck up. And, you know, even in front of the net, he's really good at, you know, uh, knowing where the shot's going to come come from and knowing where the rebound's going to be and getting his stick on it first. Uh, you saw it actually, you know, last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, his 50th goal was just, you know, that's intuition. That's, you know, him doing that a million times and practicing that and being able to get your stick on that puck first and, and knowing that that's where the puck's going to be is certainly a skill set itself. And you see guys do it for a living, you know? I mean, I mean, Joe Pavelski scores on a goals just sitting in front of the net. He's able to deflect and read the shot and read the play. So, uh, yeah, no, I listen, I agree with you. You know, 30 goals is probably correct for Chris Kreider. Playing with Mika uh, certainly helps, and hopefully they can continue their, uh, you know, kind of uh, their chemistry together because it's certainly working this year. Uh, Andy, I think... Uh, things are kind of shaken out in terms of the Rangers are probably going to because the, the Pittsburgh lost to the Islanders. Rangers are probably going to get that two seed. But I tell you, and th- we haven't really had this conversation much, but Washington looks like they're on a mission to get out of the wild card spot. And they could potentially leapfrog <laughs> Pittsburgh given that they have two games in hand and are only uh, three points back. So I want to hear your thoughts about the Capitals. Yeah, man. I mean, I'd obviously much rather play a struggling Pittsburgh Penguins team, but uh, I think at this point, I'll say anyone except Carolina, and I can't really be upset, right? So um, I still, like, obviously, I, I, Washington's a, a bit more dangerous than, uh, yeah, than, than the, the Penguins right now, but I don't know, man. I could, I could also see, like, come playoff time, that score, uh, you know, the flip, excuse me, the script kind of flipping, uh, flipping on that where like the Penguins go back into playoff, get a business, you know, take care of business mode where Crosby's unreal and Malkin's all pissed off and all this stuff. And Latang is like more consistent. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just, but again, I mean, I don't know. Washington, luckily, I, I think, you know, Obviously, like I said before, I'd rather play Pittsburgh. Just the Rangers seem to have their number, although it didn't really work out for them in the bubble. You know, that year that they beat Carolina, every home game, I think, or every no, every game, I think all they played together all season. And yet just they got embarrassed. So. um, Yeah, I, so, I, yeah, I mean, they do look like they're on a mission right now. They lit up uh, the Flyers last night. But yeah, I don't know. I like the range and the Rangers scored again. Who is this? An Aaron? He's a wizard. All right, here we go. Andrew Kopp's got like a million points <laughs> since coming to the Rangers. I, you know what? I just saw it. I, I uh, Yeah. All right. That, yeah, Panarin. Wow. Nice. All right. All right. Well, like I said, Rangers are taking bear, care of business. Tonight. Yeah, they're this handling exa- their business. Let's hope, yeah. let's hope the wheels don't fall off here. We're putting the mush on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the Capitals go, yeah, I'd rather face the Penguins, but I still, it's still a con, I'd still kind of be confident in that matchup because I just think Washington has been a little bit more inconsistent this year. Their goaltending at times has been a little bit more inconsistent. Um, and I just, I do think right now the Rangers are still a better team than the Capitals. But again, I think the Capitals, because they've been there, done that kind of, I think they might 
that's the one thing they have. I don't know if they'll have as much nerve about it, you know, where I'm sure the Rangers are like, you know, they might be a little nervous. They might come out with a like ripping the stick a little too hard. I could definitely see that. So, um, but yeah, something, def- something to definitely keep uh, an eye on. We'll see how, we'll see how, it, how this plays out, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. There's a part of me too. That's like, I'm not impressed at Washington's defense, uh, you know, team defense. They, they definitely give up goals. They'll definitely take penalties. And it's one of those things where, yeah, yeah, they're, they might be hot, but let's see what they have in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like Pittsburgh and Washington. They're exactly the same team, right? For all these years, we've just been, you know, as Ranger fans watching, you know, Sidney Crosby lead the Pittsburgh Penguins, Alex Ovechkin leading the Washington Capitals. For me, they're exactly the same team. There are teams that have certainly uh, past their prime and they're holding on and, and you can even throw Boston in that too. That's a cow, kind of how I see Boston. They're past their prime. Are they certainly lethal? Absolutely. Do you have to play your a game against them to beat them? You absolutely have to, but overall I really do feel like the Rangers are playing their game and can be physical and, you know, move the puck and produce on the power play and, you know, are, can lock down on special teams. I really do think that the Rangers could beat either of those teams pretty handed. But like you said, and we've said, the playoffs are a completely different animal. And it, it, it's, you can't predict it. It's really, it's, it's something where, you know, it doesn't really throw out the standings, throw out the regular season games, because it really doesn't mean much. Um, you got anything else? I mean, uh, you know, one thing I you know, want to touch about, I, I saw the Western Conference standing. What a shit show it, it is. I mean, the, Vegas on the outside looking in, you know, Vancouver is still kind of dwindling around. You know, you, you got L.A. basically fighting for home ice advantage potentially over Edmonton, uh, but they could also be on the outside looking in the playoffs. Just seems like the Pacific, you know, more, you know, more so than the uh, Central. It's kind of just shit show and just jumbled bunch of mess. Yeah, it is crazy, you know, how the Eastern Conference has kind of been locked up for so long here. And, and that's just going to be a race to the end, which is great. Obviously, it's fun. Uh, the, uh, the the Knights are kind of running out of runway here. <laughs> I think they have like seven or eight games left. Um, they do have a game in hand on uh, the Kings. But, oh, man, it's yeah, I I don't know. I It does feel like. There's a part of me that it, it just and I feel so honestly like obviously everyone's trying to dunk on Jack Eichel now and be like it's the Eichel curse and but you got to feel so bad for this goddamn guy. You know, it's not really his fault. I th- And he's playing well, apparently. It's not him. It's just that team is. Uh, I don't know. I think some of the sins of their past are kind of coming home to roost, if that makes any sense. They lost a lot of good, you know, maybe on paper, lesser players, but they had such a good identity and then they kind of went the opposite route and started signing, you know, all the, you know, they, they go out and get stone, which is obviously a great addition. They get Pat Charetti. They start going after, they go after Petrangelo. They get all the high price free agents and kind of lose the heart and soul guys. And yeah. And then obviously they, they kind of unceremoniously, uh, trade, you know, Mark Andre Fleury, even though he was like their first franchise and they have almost had had a, a tra- track record of treating some of their players nate schmidt just the way that went down yeah. it's just treating these guys like i don't know like yes it's hockey's a business but you have to have some decorum about it and yeah I, I, it's weird i've heard that some people say that they have considered like that that's kind of a lot of players talk about as as cool as it is to 
you know, um, Vegas is a cool place to live and it's a fun city, but there is, they are kind of developing a rep for not treating like, obviously they treat their players right when they're with the organization, but the fact that they just on the way out, they kind of just, yeah, they're, I don't know. You just, they kind of do business in a maybe not so, uh, professional or great manner i mean you know it just kind of feels like that sometimes you know some of their sins of their past are coming up to catch up with them and uh yeah they definitely and you know leonard's was great they you know he was great to start the season and then he's kind of struggled recently but their defense hasn't been that great you know if i'm being honest so well you're missing one of the biggest points as a hockey fan i'm actually kind of shocked that uh this has not you know crossed your mind yet but there's one player in particular that uh now playing with the Vegas Golden Knights, I uh, came from the New York Rangers. Uh, is there a name that might ring a bell? Well, why, well, why I mean, you know, ha- yeah, I mean, Howden was great for them until he got hurt. Obviously, we saw him get, you know, stretchered off, and that was so scary. Um, but yeah, I think he, it's he, a curse, the Howden curse. Yeah, Not maybe a- I don't know. He's uh, he's playing well, so maybe it is the Brett Howden curse. I don't, I don't know, but. Whatever it is, it's it's pervasive there because they really needed. Yeah, I mean, yes, they got a point because it went to um, the because uh, was an overtime loss, but you know they really needed two points there. And uh, but again, you have teams like Vancouver and you know JT Miller. That you know Vancouver's hot as hell because now Pedersen is you know finally found his game after struggling maybe a good portion of the season. Um, Miller has been a man possessed this year. You know, I obviously Horvat's technically their captain, but it feels like Miller is really their de facto leader. Right. Um, and yeah, it just, they, they have some good, you know, their defense isn't all that great, but they have some really good forwards and, uh, Boudreaux is a good coach and has them playing excellently. So that'll be, that's going to be a fun one to watch, especially because you're going to, I think you're gonna see a lot of the teams in the East. They're going to be resting guys and they're going to be, you know, Whereas those teams you can't really afford to because you need to your spot is not safe. If you are in, you know, uh, kudos to Edmonton. They needed like they were in this position a month ago and then they just said, you know, what, we're going to take care of business here. And they did. Now they're they're kind of comfortably locked up in that second spot. Right. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say comfortably in the second. Spot, well, not com- I wouldn't say comfortably comfort- in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I- yeah. I'll, I should say that. You're right. That's um, but yeah, especially because they were. Well, with the way they're hands. playing, yeah, with the way Edmonton's playing right now, they just seemed like behind Calgary, they are a lock for that number two spot. But like, like we kind of mentioned before, yeah, they have a game in hand, uh, but they're only two points ahead of LA, who then is also uh, could be leapfrogged easily uh, with the wild card team. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, you, you look at even the team like Vancouver. Yeah, you might consider them out because they have 82 points and the wild card is 88. But, yeah, I mean, they just won four in a row. They're 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10. It's like they're really not going away. And it's not like you have three games left. They still have eight games left. So 16 points are available for the Vancouver Canucks. So I, I wouldn't certainly count them out. Uh, you know, Vegas, obviously, we all know what they're capable of doing if they can just, you know, get on track. But like you said, they're running out of runway. And, you know, they're 6-3-1 and one in the last 10, was, which is, you know, nothing to scoff at. It's just... The problem is Dallas is six three and one. They've won two in a row. Uh, Nashville oh hold, holding on. Oh man! I, <laughs> Sorry, Cabo Caco almost scored with a slap shot from like the circles, and I'm like, uh, "This is great!" Oh, and now they're getting into it behind the net. This is this Flyers team is clearly pissed that they're awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, they should be. They're one of those teams where they never 
they never really decided to bite the bullet and say that they need to rebuild or anything like that. I felt like they're always continuing season after season, just doing patchwork and yeah. not accepting the fact that they need to rebuild. But all right, so you want let's catch the third period here, um, Andy. So let's wrap let's wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for everyone for tuning in. Oh, and also by the way, if you made it this far, I uh, I apologize if you. In listening to last week's episode, um, or last week's, or listening to the episode that dropped on Monday, uh, apparently there was an audio issue, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out what happened, and then I finally did, James, I actually even told you this, because uh, everything was fine, I listened to it, I uploaded it. Uh, apparently, I had saved that uh, my edited podcast twice, but I had like shortened the name, because it was labeled wrong, but I accidentally uploaded a podcast that I had not finished editing yet. <laughs> oh my God. Even though I had the finished one sitting there and I just couldn't for the life of me, I looked at it. I was listening to it. I'm like, this is, it sounds good on my end. And then, but I'm listening on Spotify and all of our other services. And it was, the audio was kind of like off where it was like overlapping, but it's fixed now. So if you want to listen to um, our last podcast, it is fixed. So we change it shortly thereafter. So apologize for that technical difficulties. I'll make sure it doesn't happen on this one. Uh, so yeah, apologies, but hey, we're we're only human. Um, and again, you know, I was just getting back from vacation, and you know, I don't know. I, I my my I guess my uh, my brain and my mind is still uh, sitting on the beach somewhere. So I apologize. Uh, and yeah, well, I hope uh, here's looking forward to the Rangers just taking care of as much business as they can. I assume if they're going to sit some guys, I assume it, you might lose some games here coming up, but. There is yeah, only win one some. game in the next five days. So that's it. Yeah, really? they have two days off after this. They play Good. the Red Wings, and then they have another two days off. So it's one game in five days. So it'll All be right. a nice rest. All right. Well, again, so hopefully they enjoy their rest, and hopefully you all enjoy your rest because we got the playoffs coming up. Uh, and you know, again, they're at this point. I think you know, I was seeing just. Uh, you know, uh, Schneider take a puck to the the jaw, and they're sitting on Lafreniere, and Mott's now not probably not going to play. <laughs> Be a New York. This, we've hit, probably, probably seen the last of him as a New York Ranger, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't want anyone to get hurt. So honestly, you got to sit, guys. You got to protect them. You got to do what you got to do. Do it because the playoffs are coming up, and uh, you know, I'm obviously uh, some things are more important. So hopefully, they rest up. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.